in chapter 11 of Isaiah, we will look verses 10 through 16. We will look at the remainder of this chapter. We shared last week that this is a prophecy of future events that Isaiah is giving us. And it's a prophecy of a time of peace. And what I've I'm come to learn is peace will come during re restoration. So the peace we want to think about today for a few moments is the peace that restoration brings. The columnist Deborah Mathis, she wrote about a time when she was at Union Station in Washington, D.C. On a particular busy day, the first thing she remembers about that experience was the noisy hubbub of sounds. The public address announcer was calling out arrivals and departures. Scores of pagers, walkie-talkies, and cell phones cried out for everyone's attention. You could hear horns honking, machines clinking out change, and babies crying. A security guard yelled at a man who was about to enter a forbidden area. Three women stood up from their bench in order to argue with each other more loudly than the noise that was already there. And a man in front of her was nervously pacing in a tight circle. But then she heard someone singing. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Slowly, a change came over the noisy crowd and the voice continued, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. All of a sudden, the quarreling women stopped their talking and quietly took their seats. People who had been tense and hurried seemed to slow down and relax. They strained to hear the voice singing the remaining verses of the old hymn. And Miss Mathis herself realized she was singing along. So were the three women who had been bickering. And a few others as well. And the man who sat in front of her. Who had been behaving nervously quietly. Said nice huh. I don't even believe in Jesus, but that was nice. Oh, the peace that the name of Jesus brings. When we think about Jesus, we can't not think about peace. And on this time of year, when we come to celebrate the birth of our Savior, we have to think of the peace that it brings. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I have. That this time of year, people are more generous. This time of year, people are less rude. This time of year, people are more apt to help others than any other time of the year. I'm afraid <laughs> that's because of the peace that we're reminded of that he gives us during this time of year. Well, the thing is, we, 
would do well to remember that he's the same God all year round. He's the same Jesus 365 days of the year. And the same peace that he gives us around this time we can have for all eternity. But it's up to us to seek that peace. When we look in this passage, we see that Isaiah is speaking of a time of restoration. Let's look here in these verses. In verse 6 through 16, the Bible says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion, and the fatling there together. Fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. The weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as the banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left from Assyria and Egypt, from Pathos and Cush, from Elam and Shinar, from Hamath and the islands of the sea. He will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah. From the four corners of the earth. Also the envy of Ephraim shall depart. The adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah. And Judah shall not harass Ephraim. But they shall fly down upon the shoulder of the Philistines toward the west. Together they shall plunder the people of the east. They shall lay their hand on Edom and Moab. And the people of Ammon shall obey them. The Lord shall. The Lord will utterly. Destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt with the mighty wind. He will shake his fist over the river and strike it in the seven streams and make men cross over dry shod. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people who will be left from Assyria as it was for Israel in the day that he came up from the land of Egypt. This is God's holy word. God, we thank you for your word. We praise you for your love and your grace and your presence that we find in your word. Now, God, be with us. Speak to us. Help us in this time. God, you declare your word to your people. Use me as a vessel. And God, we will give you praise for what's accomplished. If there's any here that doesn't know you for, their, for forgiveness of their sins, let this be a day that they see peace comes from you and peace is in you and you are the peace of this world. Let them then be at peace with you and with your Father. And we'll praise you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. It's amazing really at the peace that the name Jesus brings. 
Knowing his name brings peace, we can understand that his presence brings peace the more. Would we agree to that? I'm learning that the absence of something raises our awareness of our need for that very something. One thing that's absent in this world and that the world is screaming loud for is peace. This world we're living in seems to be more chaotic year after year. Each year brings more tragedies. Each year brings more murders, more robberies, more vandalism, more abuse, more divisiveness, more protests, more disappointment, and more wasted lives. And this world is in desperate need of peace. But you know, peace will one day reign upon the earth. That's exactly what this passage is talking about. That there's coming a day where peace will reign upon the earth. And when we look here in this passage, we're looking in verses 6 through 12, we begin to see that, that peace comes through the restoration of God's creation. When we, there's coming a day when God's creation will be restored back to him and there will be full peace upon the earth. When God spoke the world into existence, he spoke clearly, he spoke precisely, he spoke perfectly. And from this, all creation was perfectly in harmony with God. When God created man out of the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into him, he created man perfectly. Every organ, every blood vessel, every minute detail that was made in man's body was made perfectly. And when God created woman out of the rib of a man, he created her perfectly. So not only was creation in perfect harmony with God because it was perfect, but also man and woman was in perfect harmony with God because they were perfect. But they wasn't just in harmony with God, they were in harmony with creation. They wasn't just in harmony with creation and God. And not only was God just in harmony with, with creation and God being in harmony with man and woman, but even man and woman were in harmony with one another. Don't we need more of that today? We need more of men and women being in harmony with each other. And until we as men and women focus that the, on the fact that the word of God is the truth regardless of whether we like it or not regardless of whether we agree that that's the way it should be or not the word of God is the truth and when we begin to live by that we'll begin to find us being more in harmony with one another we'll be more at peace with one another well, we, what we must remember is that every created being has not, was not in harmony with God. At some point, Lucifer found himself wanting to have God's glory for himself. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14a, or the first part of the verse 14, it tells us that how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will also sit on the mountain of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high. 
That's what was in the mind of Lucifer, who we know as Satan, the devil, the deceiver, our enemy. That was in his heart and mind, that he wanted to sit in the place of the Most High. And because of this harmony between God and creation and man would be altered until a restoration takes place. We know that, that, that Satan himself, Lucifer, that angel of God that God created, he, he altered the whole world when he deceived Eve. And Adam chose to disobey God. But what I'm thankful for is that God had set a plan in motion. And in the fullness of time, he sent his only begotten son, his son, to be born of a woman conceived by the Holy Spirit to come to rescue and restore us back to himself. If we really look in Luke 1, 26 and 35, we see the testimony of this where the Bible tells us that now in the sixth month of the angel, the, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city in Galilee named Nat named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary and having come in the angel said to her rejoice highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him she was troubled at his saying and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth the son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also the holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God God said in motion and in the fullness of time the very son of God came this time of year we are celebrating the birth of God's only begotten son. And because he was born, he lived, he died, he resurrected. <sighs> proven to be God's son. And those of us who receive him as our personal savior, we've been restored back to God. And because of this, we have peace with God. Even in the midst of living in this chaotic world, we can have peace with God. This peace is God. This peace with God is because of his son, the son that he gave to the world. In, in 1962, missionaries Don and Carol Richardson, they went to New Guinea to bring the good news of Christ to a group of people known as the Sawi. The Sawi was a head-hunting, cannibalistic tribe who used the skulls of their victims as pillows. He wrote a book about his experience called Peace Child. He began his work among the Sawi by reading through the Gospel of Matthew. But to his dismay, when he got to the part of Judas betraying Christ, everyone cheered. He didn't realize that this culture that he is ministering in, it was built around treachery. The one who was the most devious was the one who would be most respected in this culture and in this tribe. 
The missionary saw every way possible to explain the greatness of God's gift of truth and, and love. And, and the people were not hearing because their values were based on deceit. Then one day he witnessed a ceremony take place among two tribes. As he witnessed this ceremony, he shared that one of the chiefs walked over to the other and handed him a child. In fact, it was the chief's child. His, their custom had been peace could come between two tribes only if the chief of one would give his son over to the people of the other tribe. He was called the peace child. The chief would place his own son in the hands of people who hated him, in the hands of people who had been his enemies. It was the only way to bring peace between them. Richardson saw in this act that the perfect bridge to help the people understand what God had done because God had given his peace child into the hands of a hostile world in order to bring the hostility between us to an end. The angels said at his birth, peace on earth, goodwill toward men because God loved you and he loved me so much that when we hated him and wanted nothing to do with him, he gave us his son so his son could bring peace between us and God. Folks, there's coming a day when Jesus Christ, our Savior, will restore creation itself and bring peace to earth. When we look here in verses 6 through 9, we begin to see what kind of peace is going to take place. Something like we've never experienced will, will just form and it will take place. There'll be a, a change in the very nature of animals. That no longer will animals be wild and ferocious, but instead they'll be tamed and they'll be peaceful. What we find is wild animals such as wolves and leopards and lions and bears will live with lambs and goats and, and calves and and, and cows and oxen, even little children will be safe around the presence of wild animals. The Bible helps us to see that all fear and danger will be erased and even my greatest fear will be gone because the Bible tells us here that the snakes won't be threatened by us and we won't be a threat to them. I don't know, but that makes me have peace in my heart to know that there's coming a day I'll never fear a snake again. There's not going to just be a change in the nature of animals, but there'll be a change in the nature of men and women for hostility and conflict. It will be done away with divisiveness and, and destruction will be done away with. Discrimination will no longer fill our hearts. There'll be no more tragedies. It will all come to an end. The knowledge of the Lord will fill the earth through the message of the gospel. Well, doesn't this sound like a time that we want to live in? Doesn't this sound like a time when all things are at peace? Doesn't it sound like a time to where we would not waste our time here on earth worrying about the, the things that just gives us a pleasure for a season, but we'd be looking for something that would give us an eternal peace? Oh, what a time like this. The prophet says it's going to come. This restoration is going to take place. And it will be a result 
of a rule of righteousness upon the earth. People will obey the laws of the Lord. The Savior will save Gentiles and as well the Jews. Jesus Christ will be the banner in which all people and all nations of the earth will rally around. What do we mean by the banner? He will be the standard. He will be the one. He will be the one in control. He will be the one lifted up. And he'll be the one that we look to. And he will. He will have control upon the earth. Isaiah 49 and 22 says, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up my hand in an oath to the nations and set up my standard for the peoples. While Christ was on earth, he told us that many people would come from all nations of the earth and then sit down in the kingdom of God. And we find that in Luke 13 and 29 when he says they will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south and will sit down in the kingdom of God. When Jesus returns to rule on the earth, his place of rest will be a, a restored Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be, a, will be glorious due to the fact that the holiness and the glory of Jesus Christ himself will be there. And there will be a restored peace in God's creation. Oh, I don't know about you, but this doesn't just give me peace, but it gives me hope for a better day. Are you looking for a better day? Are you looking for a day that's better than what this world has been giving us? And God has already initiated it when he set in motion that his son would come to this earth. And in the fullness of time, his son come and he was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit because of his birth. Everything is set in motion for a day when peace will be all over the earth. But when we continue looking in this passage, we find that there's peace also through the restoration of God's creation. I'm, I'm sorry, the restoration of God's children. There, is, there will be peace in God's creation, but there will be peace with God's children also. Jesus is going to preserve a remnant of the Jewish believers. Now, when we look at that and we think about that, what I really want us to understand is what the scriptures teach us. That there's coming, a, well, I'll get to there. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. God, God will bring the Jews back to, back from all the nations. And he's going to bring them back through Jesus Christ. Our Savior will raise the banner for a rally. And the chosen people from all over the earth will come together. And they'll see it at the feet of Jesus. They'll acknowledge him as the Messiah. And he, they will sit under his rule. Jealousy and hostility that existed among God's people will be done away with. All the Jews will unite together and bear uh, under, under Jesus Christ as our Savior. And through him they will be victorious over all of those who had persecuted him down through the ages. All the enemies will be subjected under the rule of our Savior and his people. When Christ returns for a second time, not his first return, but his second return, he's going to establish this kingdom on earth. 
It will be the Lord Jesus Christ himself who's lifted up before the world. And him and him alone will the nations turn to for peace and unity. Now right now, in the world we're living in, the nations, <laughs> the nations nor the people are looking to God. Instead, we're looking Instead of looking to him, most people are rejecting him. Most people are denying the fact that he is the savior of the world. However, since Jesus' birth, his life, his death, and resurrection, the door of salvation has been opened to all. God has loved the world so that he sent his very own son into the world that where whoever would call upon him could be saved. And he shares that in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Here, here as the prophet is writing, Isaiah's predicting a second exodus is going to take place. We know the first exodus when Moses brought Israel out of Egypt. He's, pre he's predicting now, Isaiah, that there'll be a second one to take place. He says that the Gulf of Suez will be dried up. The great Euphrates River will become so dry that it'll be divided into seven shallow streams. And, and in that day, no obstacle will prevent the return of the Jewish remnant back to the promised land. In other words, there won't be any barriers. There won't be anything to prohibit them from getting to Jerusalem. The Savior will actually make a great highway for the people to leave their enemies. This great highway symbolizes the absolute certainty that the Jews will return to the promised land. Absolutely nothing will stop their return. Zechariah 10 and 6 says this, I will strengthen the house of Judah. I will save the house of Joseph. I will bring them back because I have mercy on them. They shall be as though I had not cast them aside for I am the Lord their God and I will hear them. He's speaking of the Jewish nation. In Zechariah 14 and 9, it says, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. The Lord is one, and his name is one. At this time, in this second coming of the return of Jesus Christ on earth, there will be a movement of God's spirit among the Jews. There will be a remnant of believers who will be saved. And from every nation of the world, there will be a stream of Jewish believers returning to the Lord and acknowledging him as their true Messiah. You know what the great news is? The great news is, is that we who are alive today, we who receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, here during the church age, and let, let, me, let me remind us that we're living in the church age. The church age began at Pentecost, and it will, it will end at the first return of Christ, when we will be raptured up to be with him for all eternity. And when we're raptured up to be with him, that things are going to take place. The Bible tells us that, 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 that Jesus, that the return of Jesus, it will come with the shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the daddy Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thirst. Thus we will always be with the Lord. I want you to know that's the first return of Christ and that's what we the church are looking for Amen. is that return Amen. of Christ. 
And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I, I don't say this to be mean. I don't say this to be ugly. I don't say this to warn you away. But I want to tell you with all love and all compassion and all sincerity that if, if you sit under the preached word of God and you reject Jesus time and time again, when the church is raptured up, you will be the enemy of God and you will have no chance of being saved. Those who are, who the Bible is speaking about on his second return, he's speaking about the Jewish nation and those who've never heard the gospel, those in remote places of the world, those who have never really heard and understand that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, those will come to know the Lord as their Savior. At that second coming. You know, the great thing is, those of us who go back to be with him, those of us who are raptured with him, when he comes the second time, we're coming back with him. I don't know if that helps you, but it helps me. We're coming back with him, not just to stand around and look, not just to gaze, but we're going to reign with him. He's going to set us up in places where we're going to have to work for him and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll see multitudes come to follow him. He'll be on his throne and there'll be peace everywhere. But there will be some that will not believe. Yes, there will be a time when those of us who are raptured up in that first return will be along with those who are coming at his second return. And we will be fully restored. Yes, God's coming to bring peace to his creation. He's also coming to bring peace to his children. Casting crowns recorded, casting crowns recorded these words. It's based on a story in the 1800s, I hear, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play. They're mild and sweet. Their songs repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And the bells are ringing, peace on earth. Like the choir, they're singing, peace on earth they go on to say in my heart I hear them peace on earth goodwill to men and in despair I bow my head there is no peace on earth I said for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth goodwill to men but the bells are ringing peace on earth like a choir singing peace on earth does anybody hear them? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. I wonder about now, can you begin to hear that? Can you begin to hear the, the bells that are ringing? I believe they're ringing out from heaven. Just awaiting the, with anticipation the coming of our Lord and Savior. When God will say, son, go get my children. The song goes on to saying, then rang out. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. Peace on earth, peace on earth. 
The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then ringing and singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. The bells, they're ringing, peace on earth. Like a choir, they're singing, peace on earth. And with our hearts, we'll hear them, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then they asked the question, do you hear the bells? They're ringing, <laughs> peace on earth. The life of angels singing, peace on earth. Open up your heart and hear them, peace on earth. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace on earth, peace on earth, peace on earth. Goodwill yes. to men. Amen. I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm beginning to hear it. In my heart, I'm beginning to hear the bells of heaven are ringing. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's nothing. There is nothing that's got to take place that prevents peace on earth. What I mean by that is there's nothing to prevent Jesus from coming back and taking the church with him. And when he does, we're going to know a peace like we've never known. <laughs> but that peace <laughs> is going to get even greater because when Jesus comes back the second time, and brings us with him. We're going to know the peace that we're longing to see on earth. It won't come until Jesus comes. So are you ready? Are you ready today for peace in your heart? Are you ready for peace in your future? If you are, Jesus is ready to receive you as his Lord. He's ready to receive you as his child and to become Lord of your life. Would you?